Welcome back to another episode of the Unreal Podcast. Today is super exciting for Carrie and I because Lindsay Barron is with us and Carrie and I feel very grateful to Lindsay. She is our new, well, she's been here for a bit with us, but recently promoted president of the agency and she resides in London. So for Carrie and I, it is early in the morning, but it is later for our fabulous Lindsay here in the day. So welcome, Lindsay. We're so glad to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's 4.30 in the afternoon here. So yeah, it's definitely not morning. It's not too bad. (laughs) I've had a lot of caffeine. So I've had the equivalent of the whole days of caffeine. So hopefully... I don't come across. There you go. Carrie and I are just starting. So we're like, I got two cups in before. So So great to have you, Lindsay. We love you. you. Thank you. I love working for UDG. So exciting. This is my first podcast ever. So this is super (gasps) exciting for me. Yes. Yes. I've always been too nervous to do it. I've never done public speaking. Look at these. You were expanding my vista every turn. Oh, but you're doing the same for us. So, I mean, I learned about Biscoff spread, which if you don't know what that is, check it out. I had a spoonful last night when I got home. I was like, I'm trying this stuff. You'll never go back. Marmite. We had a whole discussion on Marmite yesterday. Oh, I'm not trying that one. I'm good. No, but at least you know what I mean when they say they're a bit of Marmite. Now I do know that. Now I do. I understand. (laughs) Well, Lindsay, why don't you start? We're going to let you do your bio because I think you'll say it best. But tell us, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So, yes, I'm Lindsay Barron. I joined UDG earlier this year. So I'm still a newbie. But I've been here probably like half a year now, so I feel like I'm getting my feet under the table and know what I'm doing. Um, my career didn't start in marketing at all. I did economics at university or college, if you're in the US, and I thought I was going to be chancellor at the Exchequer. So that's what I thought I was going to be. So I was going to be running the economy. I didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> And I got a job at PwC being a tax advisor. That might be a good thing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm not sure they would have liked me in Parliament. I got a job at PwC and was working as a tax advisor. And I loved it. Although every time I tried to explain what I did to anyone that I met, they always thought I said taxi driver. And it's just really shocking to think that that seemed more relevant (laughs) and more likely to my personality than a tax advisor. So I realized that I'm probably in the wrong career. (laughs) So, yeah, so I was, um, <laughs> so it was 2008. Did you um, consider taxi driver then? Do you know what? No, because I'm not the they best. They make really good money that they have to study. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think I'm the best driver. I don't think I'd get many fares. So, <laughs> and I don't think anyone would return. I couldn't be an Uber driver where they rate you for sure. So, yeah, so it was too- <laughs> So it's 2008 and I was just sat in my grey suit in a grey office in, you know, my grain booth. And I was just like, I'm just not enjoying this. This isn't, this isn't for me. It's not, I just, I'm just not feeling any joy. So 
I quit and I packed my little suitcase, packed my little briefcase and off I, off I left the city and I got a job in the marketing agency, which I'm going to be honest at the time, I wasn't really sure what that was because doing economics, no one talks <laughs> about marketing, but I loved the creativity and I loved the exposure. You got to brands and you met so many interesting people and you got, people asked your opinion. You could, you could see there was a science behind it, which I'd never really thought about before. And I started in B2B and I worked with some really big tech companies and I, I got to really learn my trade and then I, I did go into B2C which again was really rewarding and exciting and tiring and, and I got to work on some really cool brands and got to work with some really interesting artists and, and films and that's where I kind of really honed in that science behind marketing and understanding how human beings work and it's really it is behavioral science and I see that now I didn't see it when I first started I was just like oh it's just pretty pictures which is obviously not the case and then I went back to B2B because that's where my heart is and everyone thinks B2B B2B is really, it's the poor man's marketing. It's the boring bit. And I don't think it is. It's the most exciting part of marketing. The buyer groups are so complex and there's so many different personalities you've got to get on the same page at the same time to make that purchase. So if anything, it's really exciting. And yeah, so here we are. So I was working in marketing agencies, have done for a number of years, and then I've been in leadership for quite a few years. And uh, it's just the opportunity UDG came up and I wasn't really looking. And it was just one of those things. It was the right place at the right time. We'd obviously had some interviews and then I came and met you in London and we had dinner and it was a great, it's probably the best interview I've ever had in my life. I got fed. I had a really interesting <laughs> conversation. And I remember- We gave you wine. And yeah, wine as well. <laughs> and the cocktail. <laughs> yeah. And I, t- you know, and I explained what a Yorkshire pudding oh, with the was. the flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just, these women are amazing. This is an interview. And yeah, and I came home and I said to my husband, I was like, you know, I don't care if I don't get the job. I had such a good time. I just want to know those women. I just had such a good time. And that's when I knew. I was just like, if I get offered, I just have to jump. I just have to make the leap. And it would have had to been something like that. And so, yeah, here I am. However many months later working and doing my first podcast (laughs) so that's really exciting too so yeah we've been lucky enough to share a lot of firsts with Lindsay she had her first taco in Austin with us (laughs) <laughs> a few months back as well. So a lot of firsts, but a lot of firsts for Carrie and I too. So <laughs> We have a whole Slack channel on translating British language to US. <laughs> what does this mean? I'm so Marmite. glad. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm so glad we got over the bi-weekly fortnight thing because I was like, I do not want to be in this meeting twice a week. <laughs> Weekly is confusing even here in the States. I'm always like, is it twice a week or every other week? But Lindsay taught us last week, Carrie, that Fortnite solves that. So we can just say Fortnite because that's every two weeks, right? Every two weeks. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) We're learning. We learn a ton from Lindsay (laughs) every day. (laughs) Yeah. We should note that the economics degree is super helpful even in an agency, (laughs) especially in Lindsay's role with helping Carrie and I in the financial side. So (laughs) math. Math. Because Carrie and I do not come from finance. (laughs) We do come from marketing. So. 
Oh, I love oh. it. Well, I think today's focus, we're so excited to have you here, Lindsay, and in a future podcast all, we're going to talk a little bit more about the expansion into the UK, into Europe for Carrie and I, and we're going to have another guest on from London who's a consultant that we work with. So know that that's coming. We'll save all of that information for another podcast. But today's focus is really going to be about AI, which we all know is a huge topic for everyone. We participated in a demand-based event in London a little bit ago, and it was called Smart Day London. And Lindsay led a panel on AI. And so we thought what we would do today is break down a little bit of what we all learned from that panel and then talk about probably just touching such, you know, just scratching the surface on maybe where AI is going to go. And especially as it relates to all of our listeners here, which we're all asking, right, is B2B marketing. So so I think that's going to be the focus today, right, Carrie? That sounds great. And, and as you're kind of sharing the details of the panel, Lindsay, please touch on your wolf analogy, because not only is that cool because you were at the zoo, very clever, I thought, <laughs> yes. but I think it, it kind of helps set the frame of reference and kind of where we are and some of the concern and fear and big question marks around the impact that this will have on, on marketers going forward. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. So why don't we start, Lindsay? Why don't you give us kind of, I think, this synopsis of what was the idea behind the panel? What were we trying to accomplish? And kind of let's start there. And then we know that fuel a whole bunch of discussion points that we've all got swimming in our heads, I know. So yeah, so the idea behind the panel, really, it was kind of to demystify and debunk. So there's a lot of, especially over the last few months, there's been a lot of hype around generative AI, its impact, especially on marketing and content. And, and that affects marketing and sales, as we know. And really thinking about practical use cases for those in our industry that are starting to get onto this AI journey. We're not talking to data scientists. We're not talking to developers here. These are people within sales and marketing roles who are seeing the headlines, fearful for where that sits within their business, fearful for not knowing where to bring it into the business, whether it's in their workflow, the business workflows, the um, team workflows. And, and really just what we wanted to do is just have an open discussion around what AI is from a generative AI perspective, because obviously AI is much bigger than this. And we could really only touch the surface of it. But thinking about how can we as marketers and sales start looking into these tools that are available and use them as a tool within our arsenal as a teammate and not fear fear them. So the reason why, well, obviously we're at the zoo, which is really cool. And I haven't been for a while. So that was quite exciting. Which Lindsay was your idea. (laughs) Well, yeah. To have it at the zoo, right? (laughs) I am all for B2B breaking down those preconceptions that we're all in sweaty conference halls eating curly sandwiches because we're not. So I was like, no, we're going to do it somewhere different. And it paid off. I thought it was a really interesting venue. I thought we got really good outreach and really good registration. So I think remembering that we're all humans and we all like the same things and I like the zoo and it was just one of those cool venues that I'd never been before and I thought let's just do something different so yeah so the zoo was an awesome kind of venue I thought and it really worked luckily we had the weather which we don't always get in London and yeah so we're in the zoo and I just thought I need to come up with an analogy for how I see AI and how I think AI should be viewed so I came up with the wolf. And the reason why I spoke about the wolf is the wolf is an interesting part of our history. And actually, some of us, you guys do still have a variation of the wolf in your house. And they're very well integrated into our lives. So I thought it was a really good animal to kind of talk about. 
So what I wanted everyone to do in the audience is kind of cast their minds back as best they can to times where we were hunter-gatherers and we would have to forage and hunt for our food. And we originally used to do that in human groups. So it was a human hunting group and we would have to go out as a pack and hunt. And that could take two, three days and we'd have to bring back the kill for the rest of the group. So it'd be the rest of the tribe and that would feed them for however long. And then fast forward a few years and we started to integrate wolves into our packs. And the reason for that was to enhance our capabilities when it came to the hunt. So the wolf was able to run for longer and faster than us. So that expanded our prey and it expanded the types of animals that we could hunt. The wolves can sniff out prey that we couldn't necessarily sniff out. I don't know about you guys, but I certainly don't know what's on the ground if I sniff it and I've tried. So yeah, a, w- <laughs> a wolf would definitely be able to do that. I'm and not going to try. Just no, to be don't try. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pass. Will talk for you. <laughs> Your neighbours will talk about you. <laughs> so yeah, so the, so the wolf was really, <laughs> was that kind of like, it allowed us to kind of expand what we could do and do things that human beings couldn't do but by no means did it retire or make redundant any of those human beings in that hunting group what it did was enhance their ability and enhance their capabilities so they were able to reduce the hunt time they could expand the prey so that if you think about our health we have to have such a variety of meats and, and vegetables and that enhanced that for us and it also meant that we didn't have to hunt as often which meant we could build um, better societies and you know and what hum- homo sapiens are with with social creatures right to tell stories so that enabled that to a certain degree And in the same way with AI, that's how I see the wolf in that it isn't this thing that's going to come in and necessarily remove jobs. It's actually going to enhance what the human beings can do. And so it's not necessarily taking away a role. What it's doing is enhancing it and taking away those mundane tasks that we as humans don't really want to do. And we can actually focus on what we are good at and in the same way with the wolf. But on the flip side as well is that we still need to respect it. So the wolf is still a wild animal. It will bite you. (laughs) you get too close and I think that's the thing we need to keep in mind with AI is that there's a level of respect it is a software it's a software that's very new and it's a software that opens great opportunity but can also you know there's great fear with that and I think we need to be respectful for that and understand that and so I think that's why I went down that wolf allergy because I thought actually it's an everyday member of our household now they're still there in our houses millions and millions of years later maybe not hunting for us anymore probably just sat there waiting for no mine is sleeping right over there (laughs) he's hoping i'm just gonna give him food that's his yeah i think we've done something's happened in evolution and we've become the hunters for them i don't know what's happened we've done them a disservice (laughs) we switched roles for sure mine hunts for the palm leaves that are hanging over he'll run out and grab them and pull them off that's his that's his big hunt so yeah my old family dog basil he used to just go for packets of chris or chips so that that's what he would hunt for. He would go and open the cupboard and bring them. And he used to use the humans but to open still the packet. a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 A little bit of that yeah. food He didn't bring my dinner, though, ever. <laughs> no. One of mine is much smarter than the other, too, in terms of its ability to do that. So... <laughs> yeah, well, Malcolm ate a whole big bratwurst that my daughter dropped on the floor. He and he's like yeah. not very big, and he I've ate seen the his whole Instagram. Whole like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, he sleeps and eats. He ate a whole loaf of bread. My parents put a bag of food down on the floor, and my mom's like. 
what they it was packaged. I go, what does that mean? I'm like, so what? They can open a package. See, they can hunt. <laughs> he can hunt. He can rip open the bread package and eat the whole loaf. Well, he's doing better than That's me because I can't open the That yet. is evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs opposable thumbs? <laughs> We're good. So I did get a little sweaty during that story because I don't know what we would do without Amazon. I was like, wait, Amazon didn't deliver your food at your front doorstep? I I don't know, guys. I would have been in trouble. So Me too. Me too. Uh, um, <laughs> All right. So wolf aside, dogs aside, I think you touched on some really important things there. And I think the the fear that like Carrie and I and you are hearing when we talk to clients and and we hear so like so many different sides of the equations, right? Some some clients are like, this is gonna displace you guys from a writing perspective. I'm gonna do all my writing and we'll touch on that a little bit down the road here in this podcast. And all the way to I want to know that you're not using AI for anything because ghastly scared of it and I, I don't want it in my realm. And so we think there's a, a meet in the middle. So I guess what I would ask all of us here to talk about, like what what did we hear in this panel as what are, how are people using it right now? What are they dabbling with? What are we seeing? Where are people seeing small successes? What do we all take away from the panel? Well, I heard personal processes. So I think people are starting to infuse it into their personal life, right? So asking questions of things that you don't want to filter through big, long lists if you're using a search engine, right? So just going for very specific and succinct answers, how to do things, comparison of products, things like that. You know, I think that was definitely a use case that some of your panelists talked about. Yeah, definitely. And efficiency a lot. So breaking down those tasks that you have in the day and which ones do you actually need to do and which ones can you almost give to a tool. And we do that in so many different ways. So bringing AI into that isn't actually that strange, although it feels very strange at this point. We use we use lots of tools within our work environment to enhance what we're doing, but yet it seems quite alien to use AI. You know, I heard, you know, you've got Ben who was working, he's, you know, he works in content and PR and he's been using it to generate that first draft content, not necessarily to, this doesn't replace writers or anything. It's just a kind of starting off block that he can then, when he can't to start do his research around a topic or to help him create content that he can then adjust and edit and edit down. And then through to Louis, who's SDR, and he was looking at how could he improve his workflow so he was more efficient as an SDR. So we've all worked in sales in some capacity in various roles and he was looking at how he could like, find his addressable market, which I thought was super smart, super smart. You know, so he's actually doubling down on where he needs to put his focus because he may have a whole list of clients that are not always going to be ready to buy off him. And so by using the AI to do that, I thought that was super smart. And then also using it to actually have interesting conversation with those customers as well, not just reading off a script as an SDI is actually using that to be, who am I speaking to? You know, start to get a bit of information about them. So it makes his job easier, I would like to think. And obviously we'd hope improves his um, conversion rate, which is obviously from a sales perspective is what you're there to do. So I thought they were interesting use cases as well. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting. It's so simple. We talk about creating efficiency in those Monday tasks. 
all of them were using it for a translation. And they seemed to think it was this huge deal. This wasn't new to us, right? Because as an agency, we're always translating conversations, especially for the writing and stuff that we get there. But what I will tell you is literally up to probably about a year ago, we were still relying pretty heavily on real people translation services because often the interviews we're conducting can get highly technical. The SMEs we're talking to, you know, have a lot of knowledge around some of these topics that maybe are not mainstream. And so what we were finding is in those AI translations, they weren't actually getting the words correct. And so writers were having a really (laughs) difficult time rereading the transcript and understanding what it said. And I think just in the last year alone, we've been going back to testing them out again to see, can we get the quality translation we need to in order to write the asset and and, and do the things that we need to do with it? So I thought that was interesting because it was very new to, but I could see for somebody who's not used to having a conversation and translating and all of a sudden I've got this tool, it takes away the note-taking side of it, right? And then if I can do a search within there... And find the aspects of what I need, my pen and paper have suddenly gone away. And and that piece where it doesn't sound like a lot, it's pretty impactful to our day-to-day jobs, right? So. And being able to take those transcripts. Hopefully and it's put better them than in. the transcription on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I Sorry, read yeah. my iPhone transcript and it's like, what the what? Well <laughs> I have conspiracy <laughs> theories on that stuff. I think it's calibrated for a men's voice, but that's my oh, you know, that's my feminist that side of me yeah. that I'm like going, this wasn't made for women. This is made for men, and it doesn't pick up our voices because when my husband does it, it's perfect every time. So interesting. I'm gonna test that out. Yeah, I am. I, I think it. that's another yeah, I don't know if it's true, but I've made that up. So whoever's listening to that now, well, if AI can crawl podcasts, so that is now in the mix. Well, we're going to be tr- hearing the from Apple now. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Gag orders that stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it is true that the transcription is such a efficiency and productivity tool for us. I think that some of these tools that actually they mentioned on on the podcast were some of the ones that we've been looking at. I also know that Zoom is integrating right into the platform. So, you know, I think it's just the meeting recaps are going to be, yeah. you know, huge efficiency gains for our team and for clients. And, and why yeah. need a separate tool, right? I mean, it makes total sense. We're in Zoom. I don't want a separate tool doing it. If it's all, I mean, we're all about consolidation and ease efficiency, we were just saying. So, yeah. 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 100%. I think it's interesting that this is the kind of the big theme because, Lindsay, remember the day after the event, Lindsay and I had an opportunity to sit in a small group discussion around AI. And there was a guy who was an AI expert, and this is terrible. I don't even have his name and I we should probably give him a plug. But he does a lot of AI consulting for very large organizations and governments and so forth. And I thought like at the end of his thing, we were having a group conversation and he kind Kinda said, you know, at the end of the day, everybody thinks AI is going to be like the Terminator and take over the world. And really all we want AI to do is be a personal assistant. That's the number one use case that people are requesting, like to be what Siri or not Siri, Alexa was always supposed to be and never became like we just want and which kind of corroborates what we were just saying that everybody just wants it to replace those tasks that are kind of junking up our day, right? Which is not what 
I would have ever thought. No, no. And it's not, I don't think it's what it started off to be, which no tech is. I don't think any tech's kind of, it's not solution to market, it's evolution into market. So the product doesn't get forced into market. It's kind of like an evolution of everyone kind of gets to the same point at the same time. What I thought was really interesting, what he was saying, kind of fits in, like you say, with everything that we've been hearing in the, obviously the panel, post-panel afterwards, lots of conversations after the panel that came up to was just like, well, how, how would I do this? I've got this problem. How would I solve this? So it's really about how do we utilize those tools in an effective way that make us more efficient? And I think efficiency is the key. You know, we, you just said you can't live without your Amazon food delivery. And that's really what it is. It's a, it removes the need for you to drive drive to the supermarket, use your car, use that fuel, use that time, go and pick it up, go through and then come back. So it's how do you make your day more efficient as we get more pulls on our time and and more things that we need to kind of put our attention to, AI can be used in that way. So if I could get up in the morning and my phone tells me all of my lists in one succinct way that says to me, right, Lindsay, you've got to be here. You've got to get your daughter there. She's got to have this in her bag. And then by the way, Dana and Carrie need you to do this. And you've got to be in a court. I'd be like, oh my God, yes, I'm here for it. me so that I know where I am right (laughs) yes I need a wife I need a wife on my phone that's what I need (laughs) me too (laughs) I need a wife will they take care of the kids too I think that would be great um I think I'm halfway there because I think Disney plus does a lot of our childcare in the school So we're talking about kind of like early stages, right? And low hanging fruit of these efficiency gains and stuff. So, so let's talk about kind of where we think it's going and things that, that we hear either at UDG or with our clients or, you know, colleagues in the industry. What are some of the key things that our listeners should pay attention to? Yeah. You know, we've been working on, I think there's this whole buzz around AI discoverability. And I know there's not a lot of, we don't know what's going to make it discoverable yet. We've got some inklings. We know there's, you know, talk of your content needs to be more branded, needs to be more web-based. We need more influencer content, which by the way, is already heavily being utilized in the B2C space. We're just a little behind in the B2B on how to actually, I think, truly integrate influencers into our content and and approaches. But I think there's, at least from us sitting here, I know we talk about this a lot. I think that this talk of needing less content or being able to have AI displace content writers is actually the opposite of what we're going to see. And I I think to our points, it's going to help us get there faster to content. But ultimately, what we believe here, I think, is that you're going to need more content. And the reason being is if all of you that are listening would go to do some searches, like ask some questions about the companies you work for and against your competition and see if you come up in the searches. And I think you're going to be surprised that you're going to see a bunch of companies that maybe are not really even in your space or it's not accurate in terms of answering the question. And the reason for that is because you haven't created your content in the right way to come up in these searches. And this is going to be detrimental to us as marketers, right? If if I can't figure out why I'm not coming up in the searches, the number one in this type of company, or I'm looking for a specific feature in a specific kind of software need. And if I 
I haven't put content out there, but my competition has, I'm not even going to come up in that search. And I think this is so important for us all to realize is if we're using Gen AI content to generate our content, you're never going to come up in those searches because it's regurgitating what your competition has already put out there. And so what I think we're all going to have to do is, as marketers is figure out the, what's the magic equation, just like we did with SEO years ago, right? How do we come up in the searches for the things we need to come up that our buyers are asking? And it's, it goes back to those pain points, right? Like what's keeping you up at night? What are you going to go into a Gen AI tool and search this morning? What is it you need? Got to do our mind reading. We always do as marketers. And what kind of content do I need to support? And then we all have to figure out how long is it going to take, just like an SEO. CEO, how long is it going to take before Gen AI is picked up on that? And I asked that same question again, and it now brings me up. Yeah. yeah. The prompts are really important in how, how yes. you ask the questions. So Dana, give a specific use case, because I know we just went through this when you were doing some research for a tool yes. for a client. I think this is really, really interesting. Yeah. So I was just doing a search for a webinar tool. I needed a really specific feature. I wanted to do, I wanted to be able to pre-record my slides like On24 does. So, which we love On24, great tool. The client had a subscription that had gone away to this tool and I needed to do a webinar recording. But I mean, come on, as marketers, we're all tired. <laughs> not tired. We have not had to record a webinar from start to finish in a really long time. I'm tired. Dana. I'm tired. I'm tired, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm tired, tired. too. I was going to say, yeah, you're, that's fair. <laughs> Did you go to search engine first? In, I okay. did. I went okay. to search okay. engine first and nothing was coming up. I was like, the really specific feature is how do I want to record every slide individually? I tried it a couple different ways. Like, oh, it's not coming up. I'm not asked a question. Nothing came. I mean, I got all of the ads for all of the webinar tools, guys. You guys are doing a great job in SEO. <laughs> all of them came up, but I couldn't find what I was looking for. So I went over to a Gen AI tool and I asked the same question and it gave me five or six tools that offer this feature I was looking for. Nice list. Nice list and told me how it did it. Yep. Interestingly enough, on 24, if you're listening, I'm giving you a little plug here in terms of you might need to look at this for your content. You guys were not on the list. And I know you guys are a webinar leading platform in the space, right? And you guys weren't anywhere on that list. And it was funny because I expected to see them as number one, right? And I was like, oh. And so then you start going down a rabbit hole and going, what else is this working for? And, and my husband and I were playing all night. He works at a company. We were doing some searches there. They weren't coming up. So we think as marketers, like, gosh, if you could take one through this podcast today, go on Bard, go on ChatGPT, go on whatever tools you're using, start asking it some questions. See where you're coming up on there. You're going to be surprised on what it's pulling and what it's not. So yeah, and we see this as a huge opportunity for our clients. Let's take a look at your existing content. Yes, and what are the key things that's missing? Because in the past, we're thinking keywords, right, as part of a storytelling, but there may be some modifications that needs to happen to your existing content. And then certainly as you're planning for future content, it's just going to be a little bit different. 
And that's what we're working to really understand. Yeah. We don't know yet, right? But it might not be as thought leadership heavy. I I don't want to say it's not the right way to say it. I think it's going to be a little like when SEO came out, we were plugging in so many words to get there and losing some of the value of the content. I think what we're going to have to figure out as marketers is how do we keep the value of the content while still getting our name mentioned in there more next to the statements we're making? I think we're going to go back to some more product speak, but by way of answering questions and supporting versus speeds and feeds, I think. So it'll be interesting, I think. I don't know. Lindsay, what do you think about all of this? I agree. I think also because of the way Gen AI currently scrapes, it's very focused on conversation. So it'd be interesting to see how important social media becomes, how important, you know, using intent data potentially to start driving some of that content, making sure you're mentioning your brand in a way that you say is differentiated from your competitors and how they mention their brands. And then ultimately that your content is engaging and in a form that Gen AI recognizes as well, because we know that there's some forms of content that Gen AI is not scraping. So it will be really interesting to kind of see how that goes. And then to, I know we've this as well is like how does that play in paid media as well what's the paid media world going to be as we move into gen ai how do they monetize the advertising space for marketers in gen ai how will you promote your content is it even i'm sure it's on the radar but it's not going to be in the next like two years but that's i imagine that's in the future is what how are we going to advise on paid media and how we're going to do that to ensure that when that comes our clients have the right content in the right place and they're putting the money where it needs to be yeah i mean i think monetization is a huge, we don't know, right? I mean, is it part of the reason the search didn't work on Google when I first did it was because we're so inundated with ads that even like, it's more about the process of having to sit there and go through it and not finding what I want. There were tons of ads that were so irrelevant to what I was searching that it gets frustrating, right? And so the question does become how long before a Gen AI tool is just as inundated with advertising as Google's searches or being search and, and all of that. Or, you know, I don't know, Carrie, I think you had mentioned in a conversation, will it, is it more going to be subscription based, right? Yeah. How much are we willing to pay for an ad free experience? That's, uh, that's definitely a question. <laughs> all my streaming apps, I pay for ad free. And you know what? I'm starting to get friggin' ads and it's pissing me off. It's like, wait <laughs> yeah. And then like, if you add pay extra. two minutes, it countdown. It's like, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yes, well, yes, we've yes, got yes. in the UK, we've got a channel called ITV and they've just launched an app called ITVX. And I like Midsummer Murders, which I suppose I shouldn't say on the podcast because that's going to totally kill my street cred if I had any. But I have to watch Midsummer Murders on this app now. And I've got to go through it. won't let me fast forward these TV ads. And because the target audience are the retired at home, it's hundreds of adverts for chairs that help me get out of the... <laughs> Like that lift you out of the chair and 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 stair lifts <laughs> and so I'm just sat there waiting because I'm <laughs> I'm not the target audience but I love the show and it, it annoys me but I'm not going to pay another subscription because <laughs> I'm already paying my well, TV license. So our subscriptions, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's over the cost of cable. My husband said to us, he goes, you know, maybe we should get some out. And so we went through the list and I go, you can't cut that one. I watched this no. there. You nope. can't cut that one. Nope. And they raise their prices and we're all fine yep. with it. He said, hey, I just, he just had to buy, he has to watch his hockey game. So he bought a subscription to Comcast just so we could watch during the hockey season. And he goes, hey, I get a free, I get a free streaming to Peacock. And so he's like, so I signed us out and signed us back in. And I go, there's ads in all my Peacock shows. <laughs> and he goes, oh crap. He's like, I think the free version has ads. And I go, yeah, you need to fix that. I was like, I'm not watching these ads. And so now we are choosing not to take the free version through Comcast because I refuse to watch it with ads. So I think, right, like this is, I think it's an interesting, right? We've become very impatient. We've become very impatient. Yeah. 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 So what other ways are we thinking? So I think the discoverability is going to be huge for marketers. Yeah. What's top of mind for you as far as what we think we're going to be seeing marketers use Gen AI for? Yeah. I think the use cases are vast and I think we're only really touching the surface. Like we said, they're going to be looking at content generation and what that means and how they can use that. They're going to be looking for efficiencies in their processes internally and how that works. I think they're going to start using it for research, specifically around consumer research. I think it'll be a really interesting piece because obviously where Gen AI scrapes, I also think it's going to be really, really interesting looking for kind of buyer groups and understanding, you know, that consumer modeling, you know, if you work in B2C, especially, I wonder how they're using it in terms of doing those gone are the days where they send people a video or something and ask them to give their opinion. I wonder if they're using that to enhance that kind of buyer group, that consumer group testing. So they're kind of like the initial like phases, I think. And then as we move further on, I think marketing really, it's going to be focused on personalizing that content. So for me, we all know that the best content is personalized the best content is humanized. So it's how I think AI is going to be moving in. Will they be using it as a means to really personalize that content for the user group to really kind of narrowing down into those key triggers for their target audience and what they actually need within that point. And they could do that using AI. It'd be really interesting to see how live that intent information can get from a generative AI perspective to understand exactly the addressable market and understanding exactly where they are, where they're buying. It'd be interesting to see, because obviously AI can consume a lot of content much quicker than any of us can and and regurgitate that out. It'd be interesting to see how they'll use it to almost like scrape and look at trends in terms of consumer buying and, and, you know, the B2B industry and almost asking some of those questions. I, I was listening to a really interesting podcast a few weeks ago and they were talking about using it to answer questions that we sometimes sweat over, over and over again. Like some of those big B2B questions I wonder if you can ask them, you have to ask the right question, but asking a generative AI tool and see what it says, because it isn't conformed to our way of thinking or the hangovers that we've all experienced in B2B marketing. So I think, again, the possibilities are really endless. And I think it's, for me personally, I think it's something that we shouldn't fear. Um, I think it's something we should lean into because I ultimately feel that if we don't, we our content will fall behind. And obviously, as a byproduct of your marketing not being efficient, you're going to affect your sales, you're going to affect your your um, market share and so on. So for me, I think it, it's incredibly important as we move into the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree. Carrie, how about you? Anything we haven't touched on? Uh, you know, I listened to a podcast and I was just trying to think about it. It was a while ago. 
how sophisticated that these tools are becoming, right? So at a very baseline, my understanding of the original technology was it goes out and gets the next word, the next word, the next word. You know, it's like this huge data kind of bringing things together in a way that it's regurgitating, right? So the gentleman that they interviewed was testing chat GPT-4, right, at the time. And he was really shocked at kind of the reasoning, like the human kind of reasoning and statements that it was making. So the one example, and again, you know, I don't have the specifics, but just at a high level, the question was, you've got a carton of eggs, you've got a ruler, you've got blah, 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 right? A list of things. How do you stack it, right? And the reasoning behind the response was, okay, the base of this piece of wood is this, it should go on the bottom. You know, here's the reason why. Next up should be something that also covers the surface, but there are eggs in it, so we don't want to put any more, you know, like just this human reasoning that he was just blown away by. So I think like that's the next level shit that we're going to be like, it's like the power of that and how we can harness that. You know, it's not just regurgitating information, right? It's that reasoning component and it's constantly learning. So it'll be really exciting. I'm, I'm really excited about, and I think there's so many use cases that we don't know, right? And just kind of seeing this evolve is, is so long as we're adapting, so long as we're learning and growing and rolling it into our day as Mark, Marketers, it's going to make us just that much better than than we were yesterday. Yeah. And I think you touched on a good point here. I mean, like we're going to, we have an upcoming podcast with a dear friend and marketer of ours, and we're going to touch a little bit on how we're all being forced to do more with less. And that's not changing, right? Given where we're at. I mean, the definitely the fluctuation in tech companies that we're seeing and, and the layoffs still happening. I think as marketers, it's given us this wealth of tools that we can start to kind of fill in some of those gaps, right? And make our lives easier. And so if you can figure out how to embrace it, you're going to be able to do more incredible things with it than you're able to do without at the end of the day. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Well, we're coming up on time here. Um, Lindsay, we know uh, it's getting to the end of the day for you and you probably have a few more things to check off your long list. But, That's why I need to why don't you tell us, you know, what, what, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are you working on now? What fun projects or things that you have going on that our listeners might be interested in? So personally or with work-wise? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Personally, yes. Let's hear what, uh, personally, what's going on in Ascot. <laughs> what's going on in Ascot? Well, <laughs> Not much, not much. It's a little bit of a sleepy Any town. royal family sightings? Well, I saw Kate <laughs> at the circus, as I said. So she was there with Louis. So she's mingling with the commoners at the circus. But yeah, that was the last time I saw the royals. <laughs> as it is, I've been busy working away. So yeah, I suppose for us, it's really interesting time, I think, for us as we're coming up to Q4 in, well, in UDG and in many businesses. And we're kind of seeing as we're moving towards the close of the year, and everyone's reflecting and having a think about what the next 12 months are going to be. And we're doing a lot of planning with clients, which I think is really interesting. And this podcast has kind of come at a really interesting time because I think that's what we're going to be focusing on is what's going to happen in the next 12 months? What is it that we need to be focusing on? What is it that our clients need to be looking at? We're really lucky at UDG. We get to work with some really interesting clients. We get some work with some really cool brands. Um, and I say that without like in B2B, yes, there are really cool brands in B2B. 
need to be. And we get to work with them and we get to help them create their content and help them have a thing. Look at how they're managing the, the partner networks and looking at how they're generating their content and thinking about what they're going to need to do in the next 12 months. So I think for us as at UDG, it's really going to be a really interesting time. We're really investing in leaning into this AI, understanding we want to make sure that we can advise our clients and give them the most up-to-date information, give them the most up-to-date advice on that. And then ultimately at the same time, because we're testing in in-house. And I think that's what's really cool about working at UDG. You know, we are testing it currently. We're using it within our workflows. We're looking at it in terms of generating our content. We're testing its search capabilities. And I think that it, for me, it's a really, really interesting time as we're coming up to the end of 2023, God, and what we're going to be doing moving forward. So yeah, but personally, I've actually started using it in creating my lists. So full disclosure, I'm using it to create, I'm a list person. I like to be organized. I have lists for everything. I have, it won't shock Carrie or Dana. I have a spreadsheet for everything and I have a spreadsheet for my budgets and finances. And so I've actually asked the AI tool to advise me on my budget. and tell me the best way to analyze my data. So yeah, so you never know, I could become a really successful investor just from my spreadsheets, who knows? So yeah, so I've been been dabbling that. So yeah, personally, I've been kind of playing it with that as well. (laughs) Well, we are trying to manifest the Mariah Carey closet. So you're on your way already. Yes, well, (laughs) I need it. I need it because I can't keep doing seasonal changeovers of my wardrobe and then finding out we're going to have a late summer for a week where it's 30 degrees so I have to put all my jumpers back and get all my t-shirts out and then I have to have a heater and a fan in my office at all times depending on whether it's 30 degrees or minus two so yeah so I need the Mariah Carey closet wardrobe walk-in house so that I can just have all of my clothes out for display and I don't have to like vacuum pack my my winter stuff or my summer stuff or just move to the Bahamas a good one goal, or two Lindsay. it's a good goal <laughs> yeah <laughs> either way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, all right. So we always like to end with a fun question. Today, we're going to talk about social media and everybody's guilty pleasures, because I know that Carrie's got a new guilty pleasure. (laughs) So everyone's going to talk about their social media guilty pleasure. Yeah. So I am sadly and begrudgingly a TikTok addict. (laughs) It's fucking crazy, you guys. I'm telling you, like I fought it and fought it and fought it. And my husband and my daughter, they have interesting things to say. And I'm like, where did you hear that? And they're both less like TikTok. And I'm like, there's all these conversations going on that I don't know about. <laughs> so I decided to get on TikTok. You know, I do have an addictive personality. So I have limited myself to 30 minutes a day. So you'll be proud of me. I do have friends that, just a couple, that every day when I get on, I know that they're sharing fun TikToks with me. So I can't wait. And that's a shout out to, to Ricky and Sophie. Can't wait. Wait to see. So, but it's 9 30 to 10 every night. That's it. That's all I can do. So, so nobody bother Carrie from 9 30 to 10. <laughs> no. You won't get a response. Just so you know. She's TikToking. <laughs> yeah. She's TikToking. Unless it's on TikTok. You can oh, send no. oh, we can message her on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. to know. <laughs> what about you, Lindsay? Any uh any TikTok addictions for you? Yes. Again, I fought it and then I felt I had terrible FOMO and I thought, I'm not too old to be on TikTok. How dare you imply that? I will be on all social media, not just Facebook and Instagram. So I joined TikTok and I watch all these incredible dances, can't do any of them, won't do any of them. But my guilty pleasure on TikTok 
is makeup tutorials for the over 40s. And I am... <laughs> I am obsessed with these makeup tutorials. So there's a lady called Erica Taylor. So shout out to Erica Taylor. She's, <laughs> I think she's in Queens and she's got, she's grown. I followed her from the get go because she was just, I was like, yes, this woman's for me. And she, they just like, I just can't stop myself. Rating she's talking down. about all of, you know, just how to just do your face when your face isn't 20 and it's fighting you. So it's just really good. So it's about not making yourself look crazy with your makeup, which I did for years because I was still doing 20 year old makeup when I'm not 20. So my face was fighting it. I was going out looking like, like I got dressed in the dark and my makeup was in the dark. And this one was just like, just. You were beautiful. Oh, I, <laughs> watching Eric, I've eased back my contour, I've eased back my eyeliner. I've just kind of put it into the <laughs> and yeah honestly so that's my our algorithms are very different Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god i guess you're gonna have to start sharing those with me <laughs> oh, i honestly I'll find you. she's I'll brilliant find you, girl yeah she's brilliant so shout out to her because without her i would be a hot mess every morning <laughs> Well, yes, to Dana's point, you look amazing every day. Yeah. So it's Erica. It's got nothing to do with me. Is, I've uh, bought the product Erica she's Taylor. told me. I'm hoping you had a vibe in the US too, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I made Ashley take me to the mall. Like we'd only met four days before. I was like, you've got to take me to the mall because I've got to go to Sephora because Erica's told me I've got to get this Sunday Riley oil <laughs> for my face. So I, I can't get it at the moment in well, the UK. Well, you let us know <laughs> if we need to bring anything over on our next trip. We'll bring yeah, an extra yeah. suitcase. With all your uh, your Erica recommended oh over forty makeup requirements. Honestly. My gosh! So I'm the only holdout. I'm the TikTok holdout. I am not on TikTok. So I watch my TikTok on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Any TikTok I get, but I do watch a lot of face tutorials. I just watch them on Instagram. So makeup stuff. My terrible thing though is I buy stuff on Instagram. So I am up from 9.30 to 10 going, oh, I need that. Click. Oh, I need that. Click. Oh, good. They take Apple Pay. If they don't take Apple Pay, they're screwed. Because if yes. I have to enter my credit card, yeah. no. They've lost me as I'm a buyer. Like, oh, They've yeah. Lost good. Me. I can bet. Yeah. <laughs> Where's I'm Tony like, from 9.30 to 10? Is he sound oh, he's asleep? sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, he's sleeping. Yeah. And he'll be like, what is this you ordered? I'm like, I really have no idea. I don't. I don't. I'm like, or, need or like half the time I forget. So it's like Christmas. It's like Christmas. I'm like, oh my gosh, look what came. I forgot I bought it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Super fun. Super fun. We're learning so much about each other. Yeah. So much. <laughs> Maybe too much. Oh. Well, guys, this is super fun. I love talking to both of you and the fact that we could do this on a podcast and and share what I think is super valuable information for people that are early in their journey and in trying to understand how to roll this in. Now, we will have a link to the replay of the video that was taken at the Smart Day in London. So look for that. And guys, have a great rest of the day. Good evening yeah. to you, Miss Lindsay. And Dana and I have a full day ahead of us. So we got to get on it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And we'll see Lindsay again soon. So don't worry. She'll be I'll back. I'll be back. To that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us. And that's as real as it's getting with this episode. Thanks for joining our hosts, Dana Harder and Carrie Baldwin with Unreal Digital Group in this podcast, Marketing Gets Real where we talk to savvy leaders who seek change, adapt to it, and leverage it as an opportunity. 
If you're loving these oh shit, tell it how it is conversations, then please subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time.